Amen. So you're probably wondering um, why a series called Necessary Sins? Necessary Sins, it kind of sounds a little odd, right? It almost kind of gives you like, man, are they about to give us like permission to go out and sin? Because if they are, I love this church and I'm staying, right? Um, No, that's not what we're saying at all. Here's what we're saying. Here's kind of the idea behind this series. There's all of these sins. If you and I were to have a conversation that we could all come to an agreement that these things are wrong, right? Like we would all agree that rape is wrong. We'd all agree that murder is wrong. We could all come around a table and say, yes, this is wrong. But there's also these sins in our life that we feel are just almost kind of necessary to get by. Um, So you saw in the video, like, just a little bit of gossip. Like, so sometimes you feel like the only way that I can make it at this boring job is just to talk about other people because it's like a form of entertainment, right? Or maybe you feel like the only way that I can make it throughout the day is just to offer, like, just a quick little lie. I'm just going to distort the truth a little bit. Or maybe you show up to a job and you get angry and you feel like your anger is justified. So that's what we're going to kind of be talking about. We all have these sins in our life, if we're quite honest with ourselves, where culture says it's okay to do those things. But here's what we want to offer to you this morning is just because culture says it's okay to do something does not mean that God is pleased with it. Does not mean that God is pleased with it. Now, I want to warn you really quickly before we dive into this, these messages um, are intentionally written and designed to probably step on your toes, okay? So what we want to do is we want to dive into literally the, the cracks and the crevices of our life where we think that everything is going okay, and hopefully and prayerfully we begin to realize that God begins to reveal some things to us about our own life where we go, hey, maybe that's the distance that I feel from God. Have you ever been in your life where you just feel like, man, I feel like I'm just not connecting with God. I feel like there is this gap in between us. And oftentimes it's sin in our life that we're not dealing with. And honestly, sometimes we don't even realize it's there and it's creating a barrier between us and God. Before we dive into this and I give away what we're going to talk about this morning, I want to read a scripture in Psalms 139, um, 23 to through 24. And this, we're going to read this every, for the next four weeks. This is kind of going to be the basis of our entire series. And it says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. So here's where we're coming to God today to say like, God, search every piece of my life and know my heart. And then it says this, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Now watch this. This is what we're really praying that this does over the next three weeks. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So that's kind of our prayer for this series. Like, God, would you point out anything in my heart, in my life, in my actions, in my decisions, anything that offends you, anything that is creating distance between you and I. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Today is going to be a little difficult because we're going to talk about a topic that we feel sometimes is absolutely necessary. And not only do we feel that it's absolutely necessary sometimes to get by, a lot of us don't even realize that we're doing it. So we're going to talk about gossip. We're going to talk about gossip. So here's the thing. If you need to gossip, if you need to talk to anybody, you've got about 12 seconds before the Holy Spirit convicts you and you'll never want to do it again, right? So go ahead, turn to your neighbor, tell them about how your neighbor, you know, messed up your yard or whatever you need to do. You've got about 12 seconds and then we're going to dive into this. If you get offended about this message and you kind of go like, I didn't like that. Listen, you can walk out of here and gossip about me later, okay? <laughs> 
So here's the truth. How many of you um, have ever been gossiped about? Anybody you ever find out somebody's talking about you? You're like, oh no, he didn't, right? They're not going to talk to me about that. In my line of work, just being a pastor and somewhat being out in, in a public life, I guess, um, I get gossiped about a lot. People talk about me a lot. I was actually, this is kind of funny, about uh, two weeks ago, um, one of my favorite spots here in town is Zeus. How many of you guys love Greek food? Like, I love the hummus, I love the chicken shawarma, I love the Lebanese sweet tea. If you've never had the Lebanese sweet tea, you're probably not living life as you should. So you need to go repent of your sins and go have the Lebanese sweet tea, okay? But it's amazing. I love going to Zeus. And uh, about two weeks ago, I had a meeting with the mayor. So I'm walking into Zeus, and I'm sitting down, and uh, if you don't know this, um, we've been praying for the mayor. The mayor, actually, right now, he's, he's literally had cancer on his tongue, and so uh, he's had portions of his tongue cut out, all these different things, and so we've, we've really been praying with him, and um, God's been able to open up a door in his life for me to just really be able to minister to him in this season. So I'm sitting down at Zeus, and we're probably about 30 minutes into the conversation, and there's this couple sitting behind me, and all of a sudden I start hearing them talking about our church. Um, and they probably have no idea who I am. They probably don't know I'm the pastor. And, and here's, the, <laughs> here's the conversation that I hear. I hear like, yeah, I don't think it's a real church because the pastor wears skinny jeans. <laughs> and, then, and then here's what they say. And they're like, yeah, I, I don't know if we should ever even go there because the pastor lives in a million-dollar home. And so there's one part of that is true. Yes, I do wear skinny jeans. I do not live in a million-dollar home. But, but here's the truth. We all have pieces of our life where people begin to talk about us. So in that conversation, you know, I'm, I'm holding back. Like, I want to turn around and just go like, God, just turn your back for one second and let me punch somebody, please. Here, here's what happens, though. So we're having the conversation. I'm finishing up my meal with the mayor. The mayor stands up, and he recognizes the couple sitting at the table. And he's like, oh, hey, so-and-so. Hey, this is Pastor Zach, the pastor of our Savior's Church, Crowley. (laughs) And what I wanted to do is like, hey, you little sorry sap. (laughs) I just said, hey, how's it going? Hope to see you in church sometime. Um, I wanted to be like, if you want to contribute to my million-dollar house fund, you can give to, you know. But, but here's the truth. People are always going to say crazy things about you. But here's the truth. Oftentimes, gossip often seems necessary just to make it through the boring workday, doesn't it? I mean, the truth is, if we're all honest with ourselves, gossip has become a norm in culture. So it looks something like this. Oftentimes we try to disguise the gossip, don't we? We try to disguise it with things like this, like, hey, I'm not supposed to tell anybody this, but let me tell you, okay? Or or maybe it looks something like this. Hey, you have to promise that you won't tell anybody, but I'm going to tell you right now, but you have to promise that you won't tell anybody. And that, that person usually goes to the next person and says, hey, listen, you have to promise that you won't tell anybody, and it goes on and it goes on and on. See, our culture views gossip as it's not a big deal, right? We, we literally have entire industries that make their money off of gossip. So here's what we got to do. We got to define what gossip is and what it isn't, because I think this is really important. 
Because if we know what it really is and what it isn't, it's going to help us to be able to get into a right place where we don't feel the need to gossip all the time. I love how Pastor Rick Warren puts it. He says it this way. This is gossip. He says, Gossip is when we are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution that we are probably gossiping. So let me say that again. When we are talking about a situation with someone who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. Listen to how Proverbs 6.16 puts it. Now this is, when you read this, if you really follow like what is actually being said in this verse, it, it should like strike a little bit of fear in you. Here's what it says. Verse 16. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable. So, so let's talk about there's six things that he actually hates. And then there's actually seven that he goes, I absolutely despise these things. Move to verse 19. A false witness who pours out lies in a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So literally, God says, I hate, I detest a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So this verse is like crystal clear. God hates gossip. He actually detests it. When you think about it, why out of like the seven things that God detests, why is gossip one of them? Because couldn't we think of like, God, couldn't you like think of a, a bunch of other things that would be worse than gossip? Is that one of them that you have to hate? I have a theory. I don't know if this is true or not, but I have a theory as to why God hates gossip. I'll give you the first one. How many of you hate when somebody starts talking about your children? Like, you can kind of take it for yourself. Like, if somebody's talking about you, you're like, oh, I can find. But then you hear them talking about your, your child, and all of a sudden, like, you turn into a different person. Like, the demon comes out of you, right? But think about it this way. Every time we talk about someone else in a negative light, we're actually talking about God's children. So I think one of, the, one of the main reasons that God actually detests gossip because the person that we're actually talking about is one of God's kids. It's someone who God has formed and fashioned in his image, in his likeness, like God loves and cares about this person. And here we are with our words doing everything that we can to tear down, destroy, and completely demolish this person through gossip. The hard part about gossip is there's something sickingly attractive about gossip, isn't there? You ever seen, remember a bug's life? When you have the bugs and they see the light and he's like, look away, look away. And he's like, I can't stop. And it zaps him, right? Oftentimes that's what gossip is. It's like all of a sudden you walk into a crowd and we're talking about somebody else. And you know in your heart, you're like, I should probably walk away, but I really want to hear the dirt about this person. I want to stick it out in this conversation so I can hear what's going on. For honest, there's something sickingly enjoyable about gossip. We love to hear dirt. We love to tell others about dirt. We want to know the latest dirt, right? So let's ask this question before we get into some of the solutions. Why do we participate in gossip? 
I think one of the reasons is the truth is when others look bad, it makes us feel good. When others look bad, when we can tear somebody else down with our words, it makes us feel good. You ever been in that situation where the entire group is like slandering and gossiping and destroying this one person? Everybody else feels really good, except that that person was to walk up upon that conversation. I think one of the other reasons we gossip is, to be honest, we're just dissatisfied with our life. And the only way that we can somewhat feel good about our life is to talk bad about somebody else. Or we gossip because we're insecure and the only way to feel secure is to bash somebody else. Think about it this way. If you really start looking at all the reasons why we gossip, I can't think of one good one. Think about it. Like of all the reasons in your own personal life that you would come to a place where you're gossiping about somebody else, there's never a good reason to participate in it. And here's what I want you to understand. And this kind of, this struck a chord as I was studying this um, for myself. Every time I gossip, every time I gossip, it's just a reflection of the darkness in my own heart. Every time I participate and every time I gossip, it's just a reflection of something in my own heart that is not right. And the only reason that I'm letting these words come out of my mouth about somebody else is probably because there's something in my own heart that is not being met. And the only way that I can feel good about myself in that situation is to talk bad about somebody else. The same concept if you've worked a job and maybe you're up for a promotion and somebody else is up for a promotion. Like, you're hoping, like, sickingly hoping, like, I hope the boss, like, completely demotes this person and they just elevate me, <laughs> right? Like, I hope that this person miserably falls flat on their face and I get all the, like, we all think that way. If it's just me, then pray for me, <laughs> But listen, just because everybody else gossips does not mean that we should. Because here's the truth. As Christ followers, we're called to live higher than this. We're called to live above this, beyond this. See, gossip is not pleasing to God. As we read earlier, that God actually hates it. So why does God hate gossip? Because he hates people talking about his kids. Second reason, it's just a reflection of the darkness in our own heart. So here's what I want to walk you through over the next 15 to 20 minutes. Is I want to walk us through overcoming the sin of gossip. Overcoming the sin of gossip. And I want to give you some practical tips that hopefully we can kind of evaluate as we read that first verse in Psalms where we're saying, okay, God, search my heart. If there's anything in you, in my heart that offends you, like help me to know so that I can deal with it. And that's what we're here to do this morning. So number one, I want you to ask yourself this question. This is the first lens that you need to run this through. Number one, is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Is my conversation helpful or are hurtful. When you're talking to somebody else, are the words that are coming out of your mouth helpful or hurtful? Ephesians 4.29 puts it this way, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Only for what is helpful for building others up. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but the Apostle Paul actually wrote that text And I don't know if you remember, before he was Paul, he was actually Saul. 
Remember? And he was on a mission to kill Christians. But then he has this life transformation, like God literally meets him, speaks to him. He converts and he begins to realize, okay, that old life that I used to live is no longer a part of me. He has this conversion and then he begins to actively change the man that he used to be. But once he becomes Paul, listen, he writes these words, only allow the words that are helpful to come out of your mouth. Proverbs puts it another way in 16 verse 27. Scoundrels create trouble. I just love that word. Scound, you scoundrel. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words, listen to this. This phrase is very important. Their words are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seed of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. How many of you have lost a friendship over gossip? See, I love the text here where it says, like, our words become a destructive blaze. And sometimes when you're participating in the gossip, you don't even realize the words that are coming out of your mouth are going to get to the other person. Like some of the things that you're saying to one person, you'd never say in front of somebody else, right? That your words become a destructive blaze. So is your conversation helpful or hurtful? Now, I think... For most of us, for some of us, we try to be aware of these things. So here's what we do. We go, well, I'm not going to, we try to disguise our gossip. So, so, so it looks something like this. We kind of give it like a gossip sandwich, right? We compliment the person, destroy them, and then compliment them on the end. So it looks something like this. I really like that pastor. I really like that person. I cannot stand the way that he preaches this or does this, but I really like him. So, so what happens is, no matter how you package it, no matter how you frame it up, if you're still uttering gossip and you're still trying to disguise it as this gossip sandwich, it's still gossip. But what we try to do is we try to disguise it, right? We give compliment, gossip, compliment. Here's another way that we do it we turn a prayer meeting into an excuse for gossip. We turn a life group into an excuse to gossip. So it looks something like this. Does anybody have any prayer requests? Yeah, you know what? You guys heard about Cindy? I mean, I got a prayer request. I mean, she's been cheating on her husband. What? Yeah, I heard she was down there and she was doing this and all that. And then all of a sudden for the next 45 minutes, we're all talking about her and then we're like, let's pray. (laughs) Here's what most of us believe, though, if we're honest. Well, if it's true, then it's okay to talk about that person, right? Like, if it's true, if they really are cheating, like, shouldn't, shouldn't I say something? Like, if it's true, shouldn't I have the license to say this about this person? Here's, if you get anything that I say today, if you write anything down, remember this. Everything that is said should be true. Not everything true must be said. Let me say that again. Everything that is said should be true. Not everything true must be said. So you have to pass it through that lens. Is it helpful or is it hurtful? This has to be your filter for everything that you say. We're using our words to build people up. Second thing. 
Am I making private matters public? Am I making private matters public? Proverbs puts it this way. It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. A gossip goes around telling secrets. But those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. I was listening to a pastor last week, and he was actually telling a story um, of a couple in his church. And he said this, he was counseling through this couple couple, there, there was the husband who, um, he cheated on his wife, and they decided, you know what, we're going to work it out. So him and his wife are, you know, counseling with this couple, and it's been a year. They're on the road to, like, reconciliation. They're working things out, and he said, you know, the, the next step after the, that couple gets to the place where they're saying, okay, we want to work it out, he said, the next step is we got to get them in community. So what he does is he invites them into his life group, and he tells everybody in the group, he says, hey, listen, this couple wants to share something with you guys. And so the husband goes in, he confesses. There's about six or seven people in the room. He can, Listen, this is what I did. I just need community. I need people to help me walk through this situation. If you could be praying for me and my wife as she's walking through this healing, I'm walking through this healing. And then the pastor says, listen, everything that they just shared, this needs to stay confidential. Because they're walking through a really difficult time in their life. They're trying to sort out through these things. So we just need to pray for them. We need to encourage them. But don't let it outside of this group. And about two weeks later, there's a woman who heard the stuff in the group who goes to another lady and says, Hey, you know, I I was in my life group and this is what they said. And uh, I just want to let you know, don't tell anybody. But I'm just telling you so that we can pray for this couple. And uh, a few weeks go by, and before they know it, there's a ton of people that know. It gets back to the wife that everybody starts knowing all the stuff that they're going through. And she freaks out because she's like, we were just on the road to healing, and now everybody knows. And the shame gets like drawn back up, and she, she gets a divorce. She ends it. So, so here's the crazy thing. When you look at that, here's what he says. Adultery did not kill that marriage. Gossip did. Gossip did. Like, your words, if you're not careful, are this blazing fire that will burn a path that you have no idea the destruction that it's going to cause in the wake of you saying one thing. Or how about this? Social media. (laughs) Social media. How many of you know we will often say something horrific on Facebook about someone that we would never say to their face? It's like all of a sudden everybody feels emboldened and empowered behind a keyboard. <laughs> yes. And then you see that person in Walmart, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> like, and you run from them, what? right? But Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever your social media fix is has become the new form of gossip. And here's the truth, you have to refuse that kind of, I cannot tell you for the past three years how many times I have scrolled through Facebook and I'm like, I'm I'm going to comment on it. I'm, I'm going to say something. And every single time I have refrained myself because I know ultimately everything I say is eventually going to get taken out of context and it's going to create this huge blaze and fire. But sometimes I make myself feel better. I just type it all out and then I delete it, right? (laughs) 
But all, somehow we get emboldened, and, and the truth is we have to refuse that. Because here's the truth. You want to be known as a Christ follower for protecting others. Have you ever thought about it this way? Maybe the reason that people don't feel comfortable getting in community is just because people have slandered them, and they're scared that it's going to happen again. Maybe the reason that they don't get involved in a life group is simply because they feel like they can't trust you. Simply because of the fact that they've been burned before and people's words have gotten out and they feel like, I know that I need this Christian community. Like, I know I need to be involved in the life group, but I am scared to death of what people are going to say about me. See, as a Christ follower, you have an obligation to protect other people. Proverbs says it this way in, in chapter 25. When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip, and watch this, and you will never regain your good reputation. And you will never regain your good reputation. How many of you know it's really hard to earn somebody's trust, but it's really easy to lose it? Man, you spend years earning the trust of somebody else, and you finally reach this place of like, man, I know that this person's got my back, they're for me, they're with me, and one word can destroy it all. One word destroys it all. See, our words, if we're not careful, they become like this destructive blaze that burn in the path, and they begin to, rather than us building bridges in relationships, we're tearing them down. You know what's sad is one of the primary forms that gossip takes place and that it happens is within the church. And so I believe that sometimes people are just afraid to get involved, not because they don't want to be involved in the church, they're just afraid about what other people are going to say about them. And I think that us as Christians, like we've got to do a better job at handling this topic. We've got to do a better job at protecting our brothers and our sisters. We've got to do a better job in the words that we use and the words that we speak and the words that we say. The Bible says it this way, your, your words have the power of life and death. James even puts it like your tongue is a rudder. It, it literally it moves every part of life. How many of you know the old phrase, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is a lie. Like, I don't know who wrote that. It's a, it's a complete lie. For many of us, we'd rather break our arm than somebody like say something horrific about us. The third thing, this is going to be a hard one because this is where it requires an action from all of us in here. Am I permitting others to gossip? Am I permitting others to gossip? Proverbs 17, 4. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. So here's what I want to say. It's not just wrong to speak the gossip. It's wrong if you listen to it. And you say, well, well I didn't say anything. How is that wrong, Pastor Zach? Because what you permit, you promote. If you stand there and listen you're a part of the problem, not a part of the solution. How many of you know, like, if you get pulled over and the guy driving the car just committed a crime and you're in the passenger seat, guess who's going to jail? Both of you. Why? Because you were in the passenger seat and you just let it all unfold. You just let it happen. So guess who's just as guilty? The one who did nothing. 
And, and here's the truth. I want you to understand this. If they, here's what you don't understand. If, if you will stand there and listen to the gossip, here's what goes, if they will gossip about people when you're there, listen to this. They will gossip about you when you're not there. It's so true. You're saying, well, I'm just listening to it. I'm not taking a part of it. But as soon as you walk away from that group, eventually they're going to start talking about you. See, not only do I personally refuse to gossip, but I refuse to hang around people who do it consistently. So here are a few ways you can stop a person from gossiping. And I've jotted a few down because I understand that all of our personalities are different. So if you're like the subtle kind of person, I'm going to give you a practical tip for that. If you're like the really caring and you have empathy, I'll give you a practical tip for that. If you're like really biblical, I'll give you a practical tip for that. And if you're just like the really direct person, I'll tell you how to say it as well. So there's four different approaches here. Four different approaches. Here's a few ways that you can stop gossip. Number one, the subtle way. So when it starts coming and somebody is talking about it, you can very subtly say, you know what, I'm not feeling very comfortable with this conversation. I'm not feeling very comfortable with this conversation. That usually will shut it down. If you're the caring person, you can say something like, hey, if so-and-so knew that we were talking about them, don't you think they'd be hurt? Usually sometimes people just need that check and, man, yeah, you're right. If you want to get super biblical with them, you can say, hey, if you have a problem, maybe you should go directly to them. If you want to be direct about it, you can say this, hey, if you keep talking about others, I'm not hanging out with them, and everything you just said, I'm about to go tell them. <laughs> There's different approaches that you can take. But here's the truth. If you're just listening to it, and even though you're not saying, you're still a part of the problem, and I want you to ask yourself this question, do you want to be a part of the problem, or do you want to be a part of the solution? Which side do you want to fall on? Now, I know what some of you are thinking, so are you saying that, like, I can never talk about somebody else? Ever? Like, I can't ever be in a room when that person is not there and never talk about them? I'd say there's only a few reasons when you can do that, and I'll give it to you. When you're saying something constructive about that person that you would say in front of them already. So you say something that maybe would build that person up. Or maybe this, everyone in the conversation wants to help the person. So so maybe they're struggling spiritually. Maybe they're just in a really bad place and you and four other friends come together and you say, hey, listen, how do we help this person? Like we see our brother who's failing back there and how do we put together a plan where we can go in, we can build him up, lift them up so that they can be in a better place with Jesus. See, that's not destructive. That's not gossip. That's you coming together saying, how can we lovingly come together as brothers or as sisters to help this person? Or maybe it's you getting together with family members and saying, hey, how, this person, they, they need to get into rehab, they're addicted to whatever, how are we going to help them? So the only time that you should be talking about somebody else is when you are building them up or you have the intentions to help them. And sometimes in that conversation, if you have the intention to help them, there's going to be some direct things that come out of your mouth, and hopefully the things that you say to everyone else in that circle that you would gladly say it to that person face-to-face. 
kind of want to conclude with this, that your words matter. Your words matter. The things that you allow to come out of your mouth matter. Husband, the things you say to your wife matters. Women, the things that you say to your husband matters. It even goes as far as this, things that you don't say matters. (laughs) What you choose to allow to come out of your mouth has the power to build somebody up or completely tear them down. As a Christ follower, I want to be found on the side of being part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Matthew 12, 36-37, the scriptures put it this way, But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment, listen to this, for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Man, that's powerful. Like you will have to give an account for every single word that comes out of your mouth. And the scripture says, for for by your words you will be acquitted, you'll be let off the hook, or you will be condemned. You see, your words have the power of life and the power of death. My hope is this, and I don't always get it right. If if you think I'm up here saying that I never gossip, that's just not true. But, But here's the truth. My prayer is that when people catch me speaking about someone else, that it will always be me speaking something well about that person. If you're talking with your friends or you're talking with your community or you're at work talking with your coworkers, if that person was to walk into the conversation, would they be mortified or would they be encouraged? Which one? See, I want to be known as a man that is for people and not against them. Can I tell you something about our culture, especially within the age of social media? We're more known for what we're against than what we're for. You know what drives me crazy, especially on social media and especially on the news? Every Christian that gets a platform and an opportunity to say something, they're always taught, especially on the news, they always open their mouth about what they're against and you never know what they're for. It's always like, well, if we would do this and we would say this and this would happen, we just go back to this. Like, what are you, what are you for? And it comes across, because our words are so condemning, it comes across like we don't serve this gracious, loving God. Isn't that the good news about Christianity? The good news is that though we were reckless, that though we were sinners, that though we were far away from Jesus, that he still came to save us. Would people pick that up about Jesus by the words that you choose to say on a daily basis? Let me ask you this. Do people know that your life has been radically transformed by the grace and mercy of God by the words that you choose to speak every day? Or do they think that you're just like everybody else? Everybody else who hates their job, everybody else who hates their wife, everybody else who can't stand their kids, everybody else who's waiting the clock out, everybody else who's just waiting for the paycheck, everybody else who's just waiting for a vacation, hoping that's going to fix everything. Or do they know that you're a child of God who has been set apart, transformed by the grace and mercy of God, and you show up every single day with this difference about you? 
when they look at you, they say, man, I don't know what it is, but there's something about that man. There's something about that woman. Like when I see them, when I talk to them, I don't know why they're just so nice. You know what I love about the scriptures? Whenever I'm frustrated, whenever I'm angry, especially frustrated with people, you know what one scripture that constantly is always on my mind? That the kindness of people will lead you back to repentance. Like you just walking into a situation, loving somebody, encouraging someone, building them up, listen, I'm not talking about some sissy, pansy, like, you know, talk, like Christianity is just, I'm just going to always encourage you. That's not what I'm talking about. There are moments when you got to look at people and say, so you, you got to do your job better because you suck at it. <laughs> there are moments for that. There are moments to be direct. But I'd say that 90% of the time we are called to say, hey, listen, I'm here for you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to build you up. I'm going to strengthen you. See, I want to choose to believe the best about people. Isn't that hard sometimes? Because I think our, our knee-jerk like gut reaction is to always choose to think the worst about somebody else. Oh, well, the reason they're late on this is because of all this, or the reason they didn't pay me for this is because of all... Like, have you ever got to them face-to-face and said, hey, why is this going on? Man, I've seen gossip tear down churches. I've seen gossip destroy friendships. I've seen gossip tear families apart. I have a friend who claims he's a Christian. He hasn't talked to his dad in 20 years because of something his dad said about him 20 years ago. Man, gossip, like come between a father and a son. Tear things apart. Why? Because your words matter. The things that you choose to speak, they matter. And if we as Christ followers are not doing a better job at stewarding the words that come out of our mouth, we're actually doing the gospel a disservice. And we're part of the problem rather than being a part of the solution. See, the truth is, we serve a God who has nothing but good news. We've sinned, we've fallen short, and he's extended grace and he's extended mercy. And in the midst of that, because we understand that great truth, it brings us to this revelation, this understanding. I'm going to choose to believe the best about people, even when I see them on their worst day. Even when I see that person in their worst moment, in their weakest moment, I'm still going to choose to believe the best about them. You know, there's one person on this planet who has shown me more grace than anybody that I know, and that's my wife. Because my wife has seen the ugliest parts of me, (laughs) the worst parts of me, the sides of me that I don't want any of you to see. She's heard me say the things that I wish I would have never said. She's seen me act out on the things that I wish I never would have done. For whatever reason, she's always chosen to believe the best about me. Even in the midst of me screwing up, she goes, that's not who you are. I'm like, oh, it it is who I am. I want to kill them, babe. I do. (laughs) 
I think I'm going to. I said, no, that's not who you are. That's not what you really want. So if anything, as we bring this to a close, I want to implore you, I want to encourage you to make a commitment today. As we read in the very beginning, in that psalm that says, God, search me, know me, and if there's anything in me, anything, anything in me that is not pleasing to you, that is offensive to you, God, would you begin to extract that? Would you begin to deal with my heart on that? When you allow God to do that, before you speak, I promise you the Holy Spirit will convict you. And before those words come out of your mouth, you'll swallow them back. <laughs> I mean, some of you, if you just stop gossiping, your boss might look at you and say, what happened to you? What happened to you? <laughs> My dad told me a funny story this morning. He said years ago, there was a lady when they first started the church in Jennings, um, he was preaching a sermon on gossip and, and this lady came up to him and she said, Pastor, man, I was just so convicted and I was just so overwhelmed with what, with what you said and I just want to repent today for my sin of gossip. And he said, honey, the altar is not big enough for all your sin <laughs> of gossip because you've been talking about everybody in this church. And obviously that's a joke, right? But the truth is, I think if we're honest, my hope is that God would maybe pull something out of us. And maybe for some of you, for the first time, you're actually realizing that this is actually a problem. Because it's so easy just to become the norm, right? Because it's just what culture accepts. Like everybody talks about everybody. I mean, you can't go in the, the Walmart line without seeing a magazine, without the magazine talking about somebody. Like, it's just what culture has done. But listen, as Christ followers, we're called to live higher than that. We're called to be a part of the solution, not the problem. We're called to build each other up with our words. Man, and if we do that, here's the good news. We create a culture of trust. We, we create a culture where people feel safe, where they feel free, they feel open, and they feel like, man, God can do anything in me because I'm surrounded by people that will protect me, that will love me, 